following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome to Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined by Tyler Palmatier. We've got something lined up uh, a little bit differently today for you guys. It's the uh, the Road to Chattanooga TWS Play Playoff Preview Show, and uh, no guest today. You're just stuck with us talking the whole time. So, hope that's okay with everybody because that's what we're doing. So, we're gonna we're gonna recap how the regular season ended last week with some Week 11 takeaways. We're going to break down the brackets, kind of give some of our dark horses, uh, some of the games to watch in the first round this week, and then we're going to wrap it up with uh, Blue Cross Bowl picks. Um, just looking at who's got kind of the best road and, and picking what those matchups might look like here as we enter the playoffs this week. And uh, before we get started with all that, though, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Tyler, are you ready to talk some playoff football today? I am. I am. Let's do it. All right. Well, how about week 11 in the books? Still can't believe it's already over, but what did you make of kind of how the uh, regular season ended? And was there anything that stood out to you there? Yeah. I mean, I was a little surprised that East Nashville lost again. Uh, I mean, it was a close game, uh, kind of a funky score. I think it was 15-14 or 16-14. So, uh, But, you know, I just, I'm kind of curious about uh, what it is the Eagles are kind of going through or... Uh, or what or what's going on but sometimes a loss before the playoffs is a way to refocus i think that region looked like it was just going to fall to them early in the early in the year um so i was a little surprised by that another really interesting note i thought i'm kind of sticking with teams that have have lost these aren't the cheeriest takeaways but franklin finishing the season without a win i'm just kind of curious what's going to take the admirals you know to get to get back to some winning ways tons of close losses this year I, that has to be noted and defensively franklin's been good um, so I, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of wondering, I, they could, they might be kind of close. I don't know. They've lost a lot of close games. Uh, maybe if they can win some of those, you just never know. It's certainly not a winless season if a couple of those go their way, but uh, an interesting note from there, Charles Pulliam from the Williamson County Herald, uh, dug up this stat. It's the first time since 1972 that Franklin's gone winless. That's a long time. Um, it, it, my last takeaway was a game I was at Jared Curtis, Nashville Christians, freshman quarterback, uh, was I had not seen him before and just could not have been more impressed with the game he had 292 yards passing uh, including a, a 67 yard touchdown run five touchdowns total to in a game that clinched the region for Nashville Christian we're going to be hearing a lot more from Jared Curtis over the next few years um and I just I could not have been more impressed with him he he, he just struck me as a guy who just seems pretty mature already I don't know if uh you know, I don't believe I'm not sure if he had been held back at any point to get to where he is size wise as a freshman. But nonetheless, he's just a very impressive football player. Yeah, Nashville Christians got themselves a good one there at quarterback. And as far as what I thought about week 11, I mean, Brentwood, really the parallels between them and, and this year's edition of the Titans, I think, are kind of uncanny. Uh, that offense and defense. Mm-hmm. At Brentwood, especially the offense is not flashy, but uh, it gets the job done, and the defense is really, really strong. And that showed last week when they held Centennial to nine points in a 15-9 to win. They also had five stops in or at least near the red zone, which completely altered 
you know, the course of that game. And, you know, that recipe gives Brentwood a chance to win just about every game, um, you know, within it keeps them within the game with seven, 10 points, something like that. So Brentwood definitely a team to watch in the playoffs. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, a little bit more here in a second. But uh, next after that, of course, Trent Dilfer, our interview with him last week, if you listened to it, um, definitely started some conversations around the area. If you haven't listened to it, be sure to go back, you know, on Apple podcast, Spotify, and, and listen to the, I believe it's the 1432 mark where Trent Dilfer acknowledges some of the negativity around his team, which to that point, I had not heard him address any of that publicly. So that was uh, an interesting, an interesting thing there. And of course there's no excuse for people saying ugly things about them on social media. You know, these are high school kids, especially if you're sending messages to kids, you really need to check yourself. You know, that's somewhere in your life. Something is not right. If you're doing that. However, I think as journalists, we try to be balanced. We are an unbiased third party here. And we didn't really get a chance to say this last week, but you know, last Friday's result is kind of case in point of why a lot of people are upset with Dilfer and Lipscomb Academy. You know, they went and beat BGA 70 to zero. And it's not like BGA is some downtrodden program. That's that's a proud history that they've got there. They've been pretty good recently. To run up the score like that, I don't know, Tyler. It's just that's a little too much for me. And I think some of this will be solved. You know, some of this is not Lipscomb's fault because they uh, you know, they're moving up to a bigger division and they're gonna hopefully find some better competition there. But Man, 70 to nothing. You understand why a lot of these Davidson Academy and CPA and BGA and FRA people, good pasture people, are kind of sick of this because their kids are just normal high school football players and they're going out there and not even really having a chance in games like this. Yeah. A part of this is just that classification is just upside down, messed up. And I mean, I don't, that Lipscomb kind of found its way in that evolution because it's kind of it's them they've just been so good um but you're right i mean they're moving up now i I don't know the details of that game um bga has struggled this year i know that and i have no clue what second or third when the second and third string winning for lipscomb but 70 nothing's a a big number yeah and lastly how about back-to-back wins for riverdale to finish six and four and to get in the 6a playoffs that was a team that was real up and down early in the year and uh, I think some people had kind of written them off, but I, I wonder if they're now capable of a run, maybe at least the first couple rounds. Uh, they've got, of course, Caleb Herring. They've got a great defense and uh, a quarterback, Braden Graham, that's got a number of offers. So there's some pieces there for Riverdale. And uh, after rolling over East Nashville and Stewart's Creek, it seems like maybe they're figuring things out a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's a long season. I mean, you get down, it's 10, you know, you get down to week 10, week 11, and sometimes things don't start to click until week eight or nine. So I think that what we're, that's kind of what we're seeing with Riverdale is they've uh, it's just taken some time and, but you can catch, you can catch lightning in a bottle in sports. Sometimes you get a guy back. Sometimes one player out is as big a deal as anything. And um, yeah, it's certainly been the case for Riverdale. Things have, things have changed. All right. We are going to take a quick break here and then we will come back with some uh, round one and playoff breakdowns for you. drink i'm good i thought it was good after every game we always have a few it's no big deal it was no big deal hey i can hold my liquor 
thought I could hold my liquor. We are back here on Main Street Preps this week to talk about some of the first-round playoff games that could be pretty good games, along with uh, some dark horses and some other just thoughts on on the playoffs in general. Uh, But let's start off with some of those first-round games, Tyler. A couple that stand out to us, I think, are Riverdale at Lebanon, Green Hill at Page, and then really just the whole Region 7-6A quadrant there. You've got Independence at Houston, Collierville at Brentwood, Centennial at Bartlett and Germantown at Ravenwood. The margins in both of those regions were very thin, so could be some really good games in there. Um, out of this list, Tyler, what what games kind of strike you as as ones that could be you know up in the air? I, I mean, I think all the ones mentioned are uh, those are those classic fifty fifty games a little bit, or at least they look like that on paper. Uh, Lebanon's been quite. I don't know how. I shouldn't say quietly, but they've got some they've got some really good players. Um, Jalen Abstin at quarterback is approaching, you know, career type numbers. I I think as far as the statistics have been kind of kept over there. Um, Tommy Bryan was filling me in on some of this, but there just aren't a whole lot of records at Lebanon for quarterbacks before like 1986, I think, and. I just the way he describes it, he knows he's a great historian for that program. There's really probably before that no team that threw it around very much. It just so I he very likely probably is the best, uh, most productive quarterback in school history over there. For all the reasons we just mentioned about Riverdale, uh, I, I think that that could that could be a good game. Yeah, you know Lebanon was a team that we had. We were really high on it at the beginning. They were, in, I think, in our top five in the Main Street Preps uh, rankings for a while. But I believe it was losses to Siegel and Coffee County that kind of did them in for a bit. But since then, they haven't really had a whole lot of trouble. So, yeah, Lebanon, like where they're at. And like you said, Riverdale's rolling. So it should be a good game there. And then another one of Lebanon's Wilson County counterparts there, Green Hill. Um, they've sort of been up and down as well. But going to Page, I believe those two met in a – uh, great playoff game last year. I, I can't remember if that was the quarterfinals or the semifinals. Uh, no, it was the quarterfinals. It would have been quarters because then it was uh, the crazy Henry County That's game right. I uh, was there. and that the was... next round. And then I was there for the page semifinal. Oh, my memory. It's We get a lot of games up there. I, I'm putting myself on the spot here. I think you were there I for covered... the Nolansville game, right? I think that was That would have been the page Nolansville semifinal. Game. I think that was the second round game. And then the Henry County game was the semifinal. The Green Hill game must have been the quarterfinal. I think that does sound right. Yes, now yeah. that you've now that you've reversed it, because that was a big semifinal crazy game that you covered that got right. them into the finals. And uh, as of course, I think we've talked about a little bit. Paige just had a they had a wild matchup <laughs> almost through the whole playoffs. I mean, all those games were yeah. really good. So, but different year, different team. Um, Paige, you know, did did not handle Nolansville in that first meeting. I think Paige is was a little banged up at that point. So would be, would be fascinating if those two met again. And the combination of uh, Colin Hurd at quarterback and Ethan Cunningham at running back has been really great for Paige. They've hardly missed a beat since losing Jake McNamara at a graduation. So that's been good for them. And then standing Wilson County, I mean, or Williamson County, excuse me. um, I don't even know what to make of any of these games. I mean, these, these all feel like total toss ups. Uh, 
Independence Houston, that's you know, that's a tough game for Independence on the road. Uh Collier, Collierville at Brentwood, Centennial Bartlett, Germantown Ravenwood. I just feel like these these are gonna be interesting ones to scoreboard watch because I just honestly do not have great predictions for what's gonna happen here. Memphis, the Memphis teams have been down the last couple of years. Some of them didn't play because of COVID or had shortened schedules. And so I don't think we got a great read on them the last couple of years, but it seems like they're back at full strength now because all four of those teams opposite the Williamson County teams are eight and two. So they've all had nice years. Yeah. Awesome matchups between, uh, between all these teams here. Um, you know, you look at what happened with Brentwood and Ravenwood, things kind of fall those teams way. Of course they had something to do with it on uh, last week, but how big is it that they get to host these games? I mean, you look at Centennial now has got to go on the road and that's a good football team that just couldn't punch one in the red zone, which of course, you know, that's the, that's the hardest place for an offense to score unless you just have a, maybe a powerful back or a really good running back that you can dial up some good plays for just so tough to score in there. And then you have to give credit to Ravenwood. Obviously a, a red zone defense is important too. You can't just, you got to have a, a way to stop those teams when there's you know less than 20 yards to go. And not everybody can do that, but you just, it's that slim margin of error, I guess is my point here. Uh, that's why that last week was so big in seven, six, a just to get yourself up even if it's just one and two, somehow get yourself in that conversation so you don't have to go on the road in that first round. But uh, it can work out. Brentwood went on the road last year and won a game on a field goal. Uh, so, you know, it, it can happen. And I think this this region's competitive enough to go do it. But, man, looks like a pretty even matchup across the board uh, in, in those games. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, should be fun to keep up with those. And now how about some teams that have favorable roads, at least on paper, to Chattanooga? I'll start with one here. I th- I think I mentioned them on the show last week, actually, Tyler Beach. This is a team that's built for the playoffs. They run the ball. Uh, they play great defense. And really, the way the bracket sets up for them, I mean, their biggest challenges are going to be potentially Cane Ridge in the quarterfinals, and then whatever comes out of that Memphis-Williamson County region uh, or that quadrant in the, in the semifinals. And historically, or at least the last couple of years, those Williamson County teams have been really, really strong, and there hasn't been necessarily a separator there this year. So I think that could be... a you know, an open door for Beach to potentially get through to the Blue Cross Bowl, um, having maybe some some easier matchups than not saying they're easy matchups, but just easier than in, in some of the past years. Yeah. Well, and there's and I love uh, what Beach has and the way it's able to run the ball. I mean, man, that they have done that so well and so consistently. And uh, I think a potential matchup with Cane Ridge could be a lot of fun. Uh, I'd be interested to see how Cane Ridge does. I, well, I don't have their their down the stretch schedule to me in in my memory. Seems like it kind of went their games got a little bit easier against some opponents that maybe didn't have the the win records uh, to show for you know they just they they didn't have great win loss records. So you know that'll be interesting. I think while we're just kind of talking about where the Williamson County teams could go, since we're sort of on that, when you look at roads, certainly Ravenwood's road would change a lot if it, Chris Parsons at quarterback and. And Chris Parson did uh, look like he was in his uniform last week. It didn't didn't play in that game, I don't believe, but uh, suited up last week. I mean, that's a good sign. Maybe he's back. And that's a completely different football team. Go figure with a four star quarterback uh, committed to Mississippi State. That's a that makes a different football team. But uh, so some just sort of some things up in the air. You know, when you look at teams with injured quarterbacks. Uh, Hope Prep at one point a couple weeks ago said they think Kenny Minchie will play at some point in this season. So it's uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens with with Parson. 
could be some mind games going on with two of those too. Cause I think a couple of weeks ago I was at Overton and uh, our Sente broom had juice majors dressed out and kind of warming up a little bit on the side just to kind of get the other team thinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. That might've been what's happening at Ravenwood too, right. but Hey, we'll see. Uh, and then of course these are kind of obvious ones, but Lipscomb Academy in Oakland seems like they are pretty good bets to get to Chattanooga uh, partially because of their own strength and partially because of their competition. Oakland is going to, isn't going to have to deal with, um, the same kind of powerhouse Maryville team that they've had to deal with the last couple of years. Maryville, I think is seven and three, not quite as strong this year. And then Lipscomb, I mean, we kind of talked about it at the, at the top of the show. It looks like they're kind of the runaway favorite there in division two double A. Yeah. And is, is Oakland, how wide open is six a because Oakland, uh, came into what its last two state championship games having lost. Am I right there? That was part of their, their win streak. So let's see. They were 15 and 0 last year, right? riding a 30 30 something game win streak so it would yeah um 2020 was a little bit of a, a year where i was still freelancing i don't i didn't cover a whole lot of playoff football but regardless you're looking at a team that has lost this year so you know not to you know not to uh throw any stones at oakland but with that one loss you kind of do see well could they lose and mm-hmm. if you mentioned there's some things that are up in the air with ravenwood and its personnel and so part of me wonders you know that path Oakland being the pet, I think will pedigree maybe carry Oakland. That's a program that is just uh, so well nurtured, has good roots and uh, much depth. It seems like, you know, this is a team where if somebody goes down, you just kind of wonder, I mean, they just, is there, they've got a lot of depth. They can, they can kind of plug in. So injuries, maybe not as big a thing with Oakland. Um, That'll be really interesting to see what that, that classification ends up looking like. Cause we've had kind of a hard time this year. We have identifying the power, even though I think, Oakland kind of deserves that title. Uh, I, after the loss of CPA, I don't, that's maybe not quite as secure as it's been in the past, but they deserve, I think that title, the uh, title as the favorite at this point, I should say, uh, because of how they've carried themselves and kind of where the program's at and maybe a coaching edge. I mean, Kevin Creasy's a great, great coach. Yeah. I think they've got the coaching edge and, and probably Lipscomb too, in just about every game that they play. Mm-hmm. So that's, Sets up well for those teams. And I don't think it's just us that's had trouble identifying the class 6A favorites, but uh, I think it's everybody, all the writers, because in the uh, Tennessee Associated Press poll for 6A, it's got Oakland number one and Cane Ridge number two. That's and we talked about how Cane Ridge, of no fault of their own, hasn't really played anybody for about a month. So is that 9-1 record fair to compare to some of the other yeah. records that are out there? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Who's and Cane Ridge is uh, well-built, too. I, I like the things they have. Uh, Reggie Goodlow, a really good running back, and I, their receivers probably don't get it quite enough uh, publicity. With with Mo, Mose Phillips, Byron Davis, those are good down the field guys. They've got options offensively. They just they got to be able to get the stops they need. But um, that's still a good football team. Mose Phillips, he picked up an offer from Virginia last week, I think. Boy, that might be his first Power Five offer. I don't know, but uh, I know talking to Cambridge coaches, they were waiting for that moment for him to to get the big offer, and so. And he's not just a good receiver. He is a uh, really good safety. So Cane Ridge has some good pieces. I, I'm really excited to see how they do once the competition ramps back up again. Yeah, like we said, a beach mm-hmm. Cane Ridge quarterfinal would be a lot of fun. Let's run through some of these dark horses really quick, Tyler, before we take our next break. Um, kind of crazy to even think about this, but Brentwood and Ravenwood are kind of maybe dark horses this year. Uh, Brentwood, at, or, uh, Ravenwood, excuse me, at 6-4, and four, Brentwood at 7-3. and three. They haven't been quite as dominant maybe as we expected. Um, especially Ravenwood, but you know, Chris Parson didn't, we didn't account for him being injured for so many weeks. So, uh, there hasn't been a separator there, but 
you know, there's there's a path there for them to to both make a run. And then um, I think another one too to look at when you're looking at Division Two is CPA. Uh, of course, they took out some frustration. It seemed like on Davidson Academy last week in a 41 to zero win. And there's plenty of talent there. You know, they they took Lipscomb. They gave Lipscomb its best game really in weeks uh, for at least almost three quarters a couple weeks ago. CPA has been a lot of close games. They're, they're battle tested. They've been in the playoffs. This group, all their juniors and seniors has been in the playoffs at least a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, so we'll see about, we'll see about how they do, but Boyd Buchanan and then maybe Lausanne are there in the first two rounds for them. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, CPA emerges from that stretch there and still alive. Yeah. Same thing. Kind of the pedigree, you know, that doesn't carry you through everything. I mean, every, we know that, but uh, that's not a bad thing to go into the playoffs with, with a, you know, a good program that's just been there. Players who whose brothers have been there, they expect to be there. It just that's like a mental thing that just settles in sometimes to a locker room. And London Humphreys, anybody, anytime you have somebody who can return two kickoffs for a score, yeah, it just doesn't happen that much. There's so many people pooch now and uh, or squib. Uh, you don't see it very much, but when you got that kind of a weapon, um, that's that's really good. So you have to think if CPA can make a run to the finals. That's you know, obviously you want to get there and beat Lipscomb, but if CPA can make that run to the finals, what a uh, what a great kind of momentum burst moving forward for you to know that you can you can really compete in this classification once it kind of gets right and the the competition is sort of a little more level. Absolutely, yeah. Subbing Lipscomb Academy for Pope Prep, I think, is going to do that classification quite a bit of good next year. Mm-hmm. So, what about some of these other dark horses, Tyler? We've got. Yeah, Innsworth and East Nashville. What do you think about those teams? Yeah, I haven't seen Innsworth this year, but certainly competitive and and some of its bigger games. You look at Levi Moore, got a good got a good quarterback. Uh, you know, he's got thirty nine rushes for four hundred six yards and a score. Always great to have a quarterback that can either create uh, an extra blocker, whether it's a a big down you need or uh, something in the red zone. Kind of we mentioned those can be great little plays to run so anytime you have somebody who's capable of that that's a good thing um you know three-year starter and and that but, stat line was just in the last three games oh too. three games so three they games. really wow. found okay, something i didn't even him, see that um with him rushing the ball as well as throwing yeah and that's huge I, that's a brutal path getting through d2 triple a it's really tough but you know we talk about the favorites so much and Sometimes when it all comes down to the game, you just don't know. I mean, sometimes a hundred yard kickoff return makes it makes the the team on the opposite sideline become super tight. This is kind of where sometimes when the ball goes up, we just our predictions and our analysis kind of goes out the window. So yeah, and then Nashville, East Nashville too. You know, boy, I don't, I don't know. Uh, That's a team you've seen. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I I I have not somehow seen them this year. Yeah, I I guess with East Nashville. I'm kind of confused as well because, you know, the one time I did see them, they happened to have an off night against Hillsborough, almost lost that game. And I, I came away from that thinking, okay, maybe maybe these guys aren't going to be the same kind of Chattanooga caliber team that they were last year. But then they, after that, you know, they rolled over uh, Jackson County. They went down to Independence and handled Independence easily. So you're, then you're kind of thinking, okay, well, they, sh- they shook off a bad night. But then you go and lose to Riverdale, and then you lose by one to Smith County. And it's kind of thinking, it's kind of looking like this is just kind of an up and down team. And so I'm not sure exactly what to expect from them, especially when things get harder in the playoffs later on. Yeah. Uh, sometimes a couple losses before the playoffs can be a good little uh, teaching opportunity, or I should say maybe a, 
an attention grabber for coaches that maybe feel like players have just kind of zoned out. I mean, they're, they're kids. It happens. And Jamal Stewart is, I think, just kind of the right guy that could uh, refocus this team. I mean, he's from East Nashville. He just knows a lot about the, the kids in that district and, and how to motivate them and um, prepare them. So he strikes me as a guy that uh, is probably just got all the ammunition he has as a coach now to just say, look, you guys – you haven't done anything yet, and uh, but you can still. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. And that's where coaches have a lot to, a lot of work to really do in this situation to to get maybe more from the mental side than from the X's and O side to get teams ready for this point. Yeah, coaches really earn their uh, earn their stripes this time of year. So we're going to take another quick break with a message from the Tennessee Highway Safety Office here, and then come back with our Blue Cross Bowl matchup predictions. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. You're <laughs> <laughs> really good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I'm just going to hang on, okay? Love your name, sir. Well, we might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit with this segment, Tyler, but hey, that's what we get to do on this show. We can make predictions and see what sticks. Uh, let's see, just here entering the first week of the playoffs, who do we think are going to make these Blue Cross Bowls? It looks like for Class 1A, we've actually got the same prediction. Yeah, Fayetteville versus South Pittsburgh. That's that's what it looks like. Uh, you know, rematch at 2020 and um, should be interesting. Not a whole lot of Class A teams in our area, but... Um, that's kind of what we've got. Two way, we've got South Pittsburgh. Well, I should say I've got South Pittsburgh versus Fayetteville. You got them twice. You got them. I don't think that's possible. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I've I've screwed something up there on my picks. I'm not really sure what happened. It's okay. This is like, but I've got Fayetteville winning anyway. So Fayetteville probably would win Class Two A. Yeah, it, I think in Two A, I've got Tyner versus Fairley, and these are teams completely out of our area, so we're not going to try to be experts on them, but. Uh, that seemed like a logical pick there for for class two A. Obviously, since I have the wrong teams. Three um, A, class three A on our script here. What have we got here? Um, what do I like Ron Bergen? I like just, East Nashville. I like screen. East Nashville versus Alcoa. I think it's a tough path for East Nashville, but let's just. Uh, I think they're going to get through Smith County in a in a rematch, but uh, going to have tough going to have a tough state finals, obviously. Yeah, I think Alcoa gets there as well. And I've actually got Covington playing Alcoa. You know, no Gary Rankin, no problem. They get back to uh, Chattanooga. And this would be their 10th straight trip to the state finals if Alcoa can can get back there. Yeah. Uh, 4A, I got Haywood, Haywood versus Greenville. Russell looks like you've got the same. Uh, 5A, Knoxville West versus Nolensville is also what we both got. I think Nolensville's got a real title shot here. Um, 6A, Oakland versus Beach. We kind of mentioned a lot about those teams. Uh, Russell, you've got the same. Oakland's three-peat on the line, uh, and maybe, who knows, maybe a new Class 6A champion. Uh, and then D2, single A. Russell, we both got Friendship, friendship Christian versus Nashville Christian. I feel like they've been the class of uh, of their classification there. Really thinking along the same lines here, Tyler. I like it. Yeah. I 
but those two, I've been impressed by both the results of the teams that I've seen and Nashville Christian D two double a Russell is a little more. We, we find that one a little easier. Uh, we both got Lipsum in the finals mm-hmm. against, uh, against Lausanne and D two triple a. We've also got NBA for Spaler. So, uh, with maybe an asterisk there, you never know. You know, can Brentwood Academy or Innsworth make it? Yeah, you know, Brentwood Academy's path doesn't look so so bad over there. They get to avoid NBA and Macaulay on their way to the finals. So uh, you would just have to beat Baylor would be the kind of their main mm-hmm. challenge there. So um, we'll see. Yeah, should be a really fun playoff slate here, and uh, of course, it all gets started this Friday, uh, November fourth, and we will have reporters at all types of games across Middle Tennessee, and you can keep up with our coverage at MainStreetPreps.com and by following us on Twitter at MainStreetPreps and liking us on Facebook uh, just by searching up MainStreetPreps. So thanks for joining us today on Main Street Preps this week, and we'll see you back here next time uh, for another show. Hopefully we'll have a guest that time and talk about all these first-round games. So we'll see you then.